Bull Durham is one of the greatest sports films of all time, and it is the favorite romantic comedy of pretty much any man you ask. I think it's memorable because there's a girl sleeping with the entire baseball team. With no judgment, right? This is 80s Movies Guide. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. Now, what Bull Durham is about is it's about the romance that develops between a dedicated fan and an aging catcher who are both trying to develop a promising pitcher in the minor leagues. Yeah, basically, they're just dealing with a douchebag, and she likes to sleep with people, make them feel better about themselves, and become better players, and in the mix, just sleeps with all of them and just wants to get laid. (laughs) I think there's more to it than that, though. I mean, Bull Durham is a classic because it gives us authentic characters in a hard-to-believe situation. We have a baseball groupie, Annie, played by Susan Sarandon, who believes it is her mission her religion, actually, to sleep with and advise an up-and-coming baseball player every season. She clashes with Crash Davis, who's an aging catcher, played to perfection by Kevin Costner, who is contractually obligated to help the same pitcher, Nuke Lelouch, Tim Robbins, at the expense of his own career. And so what's interesting about the film is that by wrapping it up in America's favorite pastime, which is baseball, it gives a setting where men can be men, and women, in this case, are unapologetically and unashamedly sexually aggressive. It's sort of a fantasy for both sides while also providing some of the best written banter to come out of a movie since the 1940s. I honestly really liked the film because it was like, it was a different kind of feeling for the 80s for me. Like, it was more of the, like, southern baseball and there weren't, like, drugs involved and they didn't have, they had, like, different kind of clothing except they had the off the shoulder stuff and it it was just a different type of storyline and it like I really liked it yeah I think that as opposed to the teen sex comedies which really are what we think of when we think of 80s films um Bull Durham is a timeless classic and other than a few things like polo shirts and Ray-Bans and and a few other items that you might kind of connect with the 80s. It really just sort of stands alone as just this wonderful story, which, by the way, is, is, you know, does have real elements. Ron Shelton, who wrote and directed it, was, uh, you know, was a player on a minor league team. And some of these things came from his own experiences, like like the sprinkler scene where they decide that they just can't play another game and they're losing streaks. So... Which would be very unrealistic because for now, during this time, because then there would be security cameras and phones would be in their pockets as they're slipping in the mud and they'd be ruined. <laughs> right, exactly. Like that's not a scene that probably could happen today. But those, um, but some of these elements and this thing is is something that he saw and experienced. Ron Shelton did, where he was assigned. Uh, a player that he was supposed to improve. So even though, like, the whole groupie thing seems a little unrealistic, it, it does come from a real place. Hey. Relax. All right? Don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. Throw some ground balls. It's more democratic. What's this guy know, anyway? He's so great. How come he's been in the minors for 10 years? He's so hot, how come Annie wants me instead of him? Oh, hey. And another thing, me. You don't know shit, right? You want to make it to the show, you'll listen to me. Annie only wants you because she can boss you around, got it? Hey, folks, don't... So relax, let's have some fun out here. This game's fun, okay? Come on down. It's fun, goddammit. And hey, don't hold the ball so hard, okay? It's an A. Hold it like an A. 
does he know about fun? I'm young, I know about fun. An old man, you don't know nothing about fun. But what's also interesting about Bull Durham is that it is both progressive and yet terribly detrimental for so many reasons. And this is the kind of like what's wrong with your parents part of it. Um, so let's start with the progressive. So the 1980s were a a roller coaster year for sexuality because in the late 60s and 70s, of course, women and men seemed um, mostly to be allowed to be you know, primal sexual beings. They had the advent of birth control pill, legalization of abortion. So women could, you know, seemingly not have to bear the consequences of pregnancy. And so, um, and then you kind of add that to the popularity of recreational drugs and you, you know, free love was born out of that, which if you don't know what free love is, it's like basically this attitude that you could have as much sex as you wanted. And, you know, society wasn't really um, judging you. There wasn't uh, so much slut shaming you know or at least i don't know because i was either not born or or really young but that seems to be my impression of it um and then in the 80s we kind of had the the backlash against the sexual revolution and some of that came from the religious right and some of that came from aids and the rise of like herpes and sexually transmitted diseases and so by 1988 the time of bull durham women were just in this really confusing place so as a teen Growing up in the Bible Belt, I can tell you that we were still being told good girls don't. And there was no longer this belief that you were going to enter marriage as a virgin. But there's a term called limiting your numbers, right? Like you gotta, you can't get your numbers up. So you have to be very choosy about who you did sleep with and take it slow. And and now uh, slut shaming was, was, you know, rampant. And so... That's sort of where I think Bull Durham is great because Annie is this thoughtful, intellectual, analytical being who just also likes sex. And, you know, and and Millie is the same situation. You know, um, she just seems to like to have sex with the ballplayers. She doesn't seem to have a mission like Annie does. Like, she doesn't have a plan with the sex. There's no ulterior motive. She just wants to have sex with the players. And the baseball team isn't judgmental about that. And, you know, it doesn't feel like the – we never see any elements where other people in the community judge them or call them names. And there's one instance where one of the players takes a shot at Millie and her, um, you know, and and her habits of sleeping with the team. And Crash comes to her defense and says he will beat that player up or anyone else who says anything bad about Millie. And the feeling is, is that's how the entire team feels. So uh, I think that that part is really helpful to women. Um, But what were your thoughts on that element? Um, I think that's not how it is today. I think that if your numbers are up like that, especially if you're like, like I've known people that are especially into baseball players and baseball players are mean. They are not like that. (laughs) At least the ones I know. (laughs) Well, I think that's true. I mean, there's a thing, there is... I don't particularly recollect if there was, um, you know, I, I don't really have a recollection about the 80s, but I do know now, you know, we have this whole thing about women going after athletes, right, to to marry, like kind of targeting them as ideal um, husbands or fathers or, you know, sources of money. <laughs> yeah, well, that that wasn't like that in the movie, though. It was first, I don't know why, but for some reason she just, she didn't even think about marriage in any way. She was just totally into the game with her religion and her shrine to baseball well okay and see this is actually where this gets so messed up um so annie and millie are kind of in their own way they they are part of the ball club they are members of the team 
Um, but instead of being a shortstop or manager, they offer sexual services. So their value to the men is being sexually available. And I think what's sad is that Annie's real passion clearly is sports management, but that is not an avenue open to a woman. So she has found another route in to be able to fulfill her hobby or her passion, right? And that's like it's by opening her legs. She uses sex to achieve her goals. And I think that's like and that's like such a terrible message to women. So it's it's sort of like this wonderful thing and oh, you can be a sexual being and you and you won't be judged for it in this fantasy world. Um <laughs> but at the and by the way, in in the Carolinas, right? Like okay, in the south where that's least likely it feels like to us to happen. Um but then I think too, you know, you think about okay, well, let's look at why this is the ultimate rom-com for men. You know, you can get into Crash Davis like he's all man, probably the best of men, he's experienced, sharp and thoughtful enough to be wise. He's ruggedly handsome, but he's not like, you know, a pretty boy. Um, when he's dealt an unfair hand, he he moves forward with a real relatable dignity because um, we see him in, contra- in contrast to the dim-witted but talented Nuke Lelouch. And then when Nuke does get the prize, he's promoted to the majors. Crash, you know, expresses what so many of us feel that that we're, you know, that we're smarter, we're more dedicated, we're more passionate, more committed, but still it's just that dumb kid who has the God-given talent and he's the one who gets ahead. And so the movie is sort of like this goodbye to our dreams, how to say goodbye to it with dignity in a way. But that's one element. But then the other element is Annie, you know, and she's a, she is, um, you know, this is a love triangle film and Annie is a, a fully developed character within that. But she is the ultimate fantasy woman. Oh, she's smart. She's sexy. She's sports-minded. She's financially independent. And she's all about sex. Sexually open. We can gauge from, you know, the tying up scenes that she's sexually experimental. Um, But, you know, the whole thing really is that her whole reason for existence is to serve her man sexually to help his career and they owe her nothing she doesn't want to get married she doesn't want to decorate his house or have his babies or run his life or meet his parents she just wants to help him be the best man he can be and then he gets to walk away and that's and she's fine with that and that is why this is fiction (laughs) like but like that's a so men like you know go oh this is the ultimate woman and that's why they love this film too and that is messed up um I just like I think the impact of this film, as wonderful it is as it is, is also detrimental to our society, you know, and, and how we pursue relationships. Yeah, it just gives off like the wrong impression towards any of that. Um, ultimately, though, I think what is good about the film is that you know Annie and Crash find each other because they have shared interests, and both by movies and they find a way to say goodbye to their dreams with dignity, and it's less painful because they have something else to put their time and interests in, which is each other. And so it's kind of like a healthy start. And again, he doesn't have any judgment about the fact that she's slept with so many people. Well, there's also the part where he's like, oh, there's a job opening for management. But, like, you never know if they actually end up together in the end because he has to leave all the time. So I think it's kind of like you choose, you decide, like, what happens next. Yeah, um, which actually they, they, there was talk of a sequel for a long time to explore that exact idea, what happened to them. Um, and then I think, you know, they just kept talking about it and talking about it. And then Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon kind of got too old. And they were like, ah, never mind. <laughs> I'll just leave it. By the way, you know, there's some funny things about the film um, that we were laughing about. I mean, one is 
we noted like you know Susan Sarandon obviously sexy you know but like um there's something about her that's just like not my taste <laughs> well I think in this film it she she doesn't feel like there's just something that, and I'm like well do I like that because she doesn't seem quite appropriate for either one of these guys but you know she was actually 41 when she filmed this and they didn't think that she was right for the role but she went in and convinced them by wearing dressing the part like she knew exactly what she had to do and so this is like uh she went in she was wearing you know off the shoulder sexy dressed form fitting and went into the studio head and he you know saw her and was like no I can see that these guys would fall for you and I thought that was um like that was a good move on her part one great way to fight ageism She's just, she's one of those people where her body is like a good, like 25, but her face is like almost 50. (laughs) Well, she, all right. So in the, yes. And I will say in the eighties, 41 probably looks like 51 does today. So, you know, so she was still, she was still doing pretty good. The other thing that we were laughing about is again, you know, when I rewatch these movies with you, like I've forgotten things, you know, like I forgot because I remember that there was sex and that it's about sex, but not, I didn't remember any like sexually explicit scenes and then we're watching like tying up and like her licking his really hairy chest and then sucking on his nipple like <laughs> like that was a little like uh. but i loved i loved like we both had a visceral reaction to this very 80s moment where she's kissing his chest but she just takes this mouthful of of chest hair you know and we're all both like it's just not pleasant. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I love you. you were like looking at the reality of the situation that when they're in the bathtub fooling around, like that the bathtub, you know. It's way too small. That would not work out in any way. <laughs> like, and, and when he throws, you know, and she's like, let's dance. And then he kind of throws her on the table and they're going to have sex on the table. I was like, you just broke, like, it's like you just broke my bowl, bro. Like he just chucked her bowl of cereal across the, like <laughs> across the room into the sink. And it's just kind of like, I would feel offended. Like, <laughs> dude, like, that's my property, bro. Like, and then he, like, shoves everything off her countertop. And it was, it's just so messy. And then he leaves the next day and she's, like, cleaning everything up. And then she, like, and she finds a joint, which we were like, when was there a joint ever in this movie? You know, like, think, it, no, no, no. It was there the night before when he, before that sexy when he was eating the cereal and she was eating the ice cream she was smoking that oh okay i'm just like and so not she savvy found the bud to... oh okay yeah I'm not, I'm not but anyway so there you go that's that is how a 16 year old looks at bull durham and <laughs> there's also a part where um nuke is like taking off his clothes and she's like honey slow down like put it back on and take it off way slower and I want to watch you take it off really slow. And so he's like taking off his, unbuttoning his shirt super, super, super slow. And I'm like, okay, but like, I don't want to watch that. Like, <laughs> she might want to watch it, but I really don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's part of the humor in it is that he, you know, I mean, Tim Robbins is a good looking man, but he is very doofy in, uh, in this film, which is part of it. Did you know, though? I don't know if you know that they were a real life couple, but they actually. Oh, no, I did not know. <laughs> they were for a long. They met in during this film and had a, you know, a, a romance that lasted decades and they've you know split up more in recent years. But um but yeah, so. All right, well, Bull Durham, that's it. This is Tara McNamara and Riley Roberts. This is 80s Movie Guide, a guide to what's wrong with your parents. Please check out our website and uh, find some more of our podcasts and listen to them too. I've been Thanks. fooling myself too long. 
I never right, but always wrong. Goodbye, baby, so long. 